0: This is the
1: SI Fantasy Podcast.
2: He's going to see his production decrease at least 15 to 20 percent, so I think he might actually be a fantasy bust in 2020.
1: Head to SI.com slash fantasy for
0: all the latest news, advice, and more to help you win your league.
2: Look
1: at his athletic ability, his explosiveness. He's very good in the red zone. He's able to get you those touchdowns. I mean, this guy had five touchdowns and 30 receptions. That's pretty much unheard of. Don't forget to subscribe to SI Fantasy Plus for even more content
0: you won't find anywhere else. Every single running back in his first Year as the featured back under Andy Reid, dating back to 1999, has been the RB10 or better. How can we go wrong here with the Glide guys? Here are your hosts: Corey Parson, Doctor Roto, and Michael Fabiano.
1: What's up? And welcome inside the SI Fantasy Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings. Corey Parson, the fantasy executive, Michael Fabiano, and Doc to Roto. Uh, I'll start with you, Dr. Voto. Congratulations on your day of birth and uh, good luck for the rest of the year. Well, Good luck moving forward, not just for the rest of this year.
2: Yeah, yeah hopefully we'll make it another uh, few decades, Exact, both you and me. I think I'm, I think you're three days older than me, right?
1: Uh, I, 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 October 11th was my birthday. <laughs> I guess After I'm, still, birthday, I I'm like still I feel like I should older. be singing to both of you guys. No, nah, don't, don't, don't sing, Mike. <laughs> no, not, I
0: said I feel like I should be. I'm not going to. <laughs> you don't want that.
1: All right, so coming up, we getting ready to uh, break down and, and, and hop into week number six, the best we can. Get you the information that you need to try to win. Don't forget SI Fantasy Plus is also out there throughout the course of the week. Mike, let's start it off with the Le'Veon Bell talks. Obviously, the New York Jets, you know, you can see this coming. When they brought Adam Gase in and Adam Gase got rid of the general manager and he took over power in the organization, you knew it was not be long for Le'Veon Bell was going. Adam Gase is not like good players. I don't know why Adam Gase is a terrible head coach, but Le'Veon Bell has been released, and now we are hearing that the Raiders, the Bills, the Kansas City Chiefs, and I believe it was one more team that's in my mind right now. Dolphins. Dolphins. The Dolphins are the teams that Le'Veon Bell is likely going to sign with, and that sign can go down today. We're recording this podcast on Thursday, October 15th.
0: Well, hopefully it's not Kansas City because that would wreck CEH, and we don't want that. I'd like to see him go to Miami or Buffalo and I'd prefer it to be Miami. Now I get that miles Gaskin has earned a featured role there, but look at his numbers. I mean, his numbers aren't great for the amount of volume he's getting. He's not putting up monster numbers and wouldn't it be ridiculous and ironic and a whole heck of a lot of fun. If Le'Veon Bell signs with the dolphins suits up this weekend and rushes for 102 touchdowns against the jets, regardless wherever he goes, there's a very good chance that his value will not increase. It was already starting to drop in New York this season. As we have seen last year, he was an RB two. So the decline had sort of begun in 2019, but if he goes to Miami, at least he's got a shot to be closer to a featured back. If he goes to Buffalo, I would think he's going to share the workload with Devin Singletary and Zach Moss, whenever he comes back. And in Kansas city, Uh, well, let's just not talk about Kansas City. I don't want him
1: going there (laughs) selfishly. Doc, as a guy who is a Le'Veon Bell fantasy owner, I want him to go to Kansas City, to be honest with you, because I feel as if – I see, I disagree with Mike. See, I think Le'Veon Bell is still a feature back. I think Le'Veon Bell can still play. I just think he's been in a bad situation these past couple years with the Jets and obviously the year off in Pittsburgh. What do you think about uh, Bell and, and him moving
2: forward? I think this is going to come down to whether Bell wants to play more or he wants to win. If he wants to play more, I think you go to Miami because you can become the feature back there in a week because Miles Gaskin's a nice guy and all, but he's not a feature back. Bell is. If you want to win, I think you look at the Chiefs and you look at the Bills right? Because the Bills are are going f- fast, right? I mean, they look like they should be in the AFC championship game, probably against the Chiefs. So the question is, CEH, I don't know why you would stunt his growth if you're Andy Reid. I- I'm not sure that makes sense to me. I think the Bills makes perfect sense. Moss is still injured. He's not there. Singletary is good, but I think they need another back there. I think the Bills make the most sense. But look, You got no state income tax in Miami. You got good weather in Miami. You got opportunity to play in Miami. So I think he ends up with the Dolphins or the Bills.
1: And a lot of times, when he was out for Pittsburgh, he spent a lot of his time in Miami with that. I mean, you know, he was living out there. Remember he got, remember he had the two girls in his crib and they stole his jewelry when he left? Nothing (laughs) wrong with South Beach. (laughs) Mike, you think he's washed though? or You you don't think he's a feature back no more? I didn't say that he's washed. Okay. um,
0: But... I don't, he's certainly not the same back that he was in Pittsburgh. I mean, there's no question about that, but also let's keep in mind guys, players have left the clutches of Adam Gase and gone on to do pretty well. Ryan Tannehill, Kenny (laughs) Drake, and now Robbie Anderson. And so do do I think Le'Veon Bell can be a three down back in the national football league? Yeah, man. I mean, absolutely. I don't know if that opportunity is out there in the league right now, but is is he going to be the same guy in Pittsburgh who was a top three back? I mean, no, I, I just don't see it. Not at this point in his career. Uh, He's going to have something to prove, that's for sure. And so that's why, for me, I'd love to see him go to Miami. I don't want him, as Doc said, I agree with him. I don't want him to go to Kansas City where that would ruin Clyde Edwards' Hilaire's value. I mean, let's be honest. But it's a possibility. Miami (laughs) seems to be the best bet from a fantasy perspective for Bell uh, to have at least some value where we could potentially flex him on a week-to-week basis, assuming assuming he gets beyond – Miles Gaskin on the depth chart. And I would think that probably would happen sooner rather than later. If here's a,
2: here's the biggest problem though. Here's opinion. the biggest problem. The Jets get rid of Bell and they're going to get rid of Gase at the end of the year. So it makes no sense to me. You're going to fire Adam Gase. Now you're getting rid of a starting running back, which is hard to find, and you paid him all that. So, I mean, I don't understand why you give your allegiance to Gase. It makes no sense when you're going to fire this guy anyway. Why not just fire the head coach and be done with it and start new?
0: Hey, Doc, I had Manish Mehta on my SiriusXM show last night, and he said that, so Woody Johnson is overseas uh, working, I believe, for Donald Trump. And the Jets' ownership uh, currently as it stands, has not fired a coach in season. And Manish feels like Gase is going to be the coach for the rest of the season. They don't want to pay another coach. So they're going to let Gase coach for this season. He'll be gone. He's already a lame duck. 2021, they'll get Trevor Lawrence or someone else, uh, depending on if they finish with the worst record in football, which is very possible. And then they they flip the script and Gase is gone for 2021.
1: So, See, here's the thing. Like, it's, he's got job security because who's going to fire him now? Nobody. Is he going to get fired in the off season?
2: Yes, but you lose Bell. You lose Bell. And I feel what you're saying. You doctor, I, don't if he, guy, I don't know. I don't know if he's both. fired. I don't know if he's fired. He's fired. He's fired. Hundred percent fired.
0: There's no way Gase is the coach of the Jets in 2021. There's no way. There's no way. The. Do you, you don't think you don't think Corey that the players in the Jets locker room are thinking what the hell is this guy still doing in charge? You don't think the players in the Jets locker room look at Kenyon Drake and Ryan Tannehill and Robbie Anderson and think what the hell, man? Like, Gase couldn't get the most out of these guys. They go someplace else, and they're put. You don't think the Jets players are thinking we just cut our best offensive player for nothing? I mean, that that locker room. How would you like to play for the Jets right now? Honestly, I don't want to play. I don't know. Hi, to do and, and, so, and,
1: and, and it's all about the coach. It's
0: all about the coach, man. And but if he the players came in don't them, want to get behind the
1: coach. That coach is gone. The and, Jets- and, that, and, and that's true. Contramental de- uh, conduct detrimental to the team. But he came to New York and immediately put a power play. And he immediately made a power move, and he's got the power in the organization now.
2: No, but, but 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 Fabs is right. Power. What happens is Chris Johnson, does. They, they he doesn't want to fire him. They don't want to pay that second contract to a coach because they're still paying off the a contract to an old coach. So they're stuck with Gase. My bigger point was you lose Bell and you lose Gase. Yeah. So by the end of this year, you have nothing. You have Perrine. I mean, is that enough? I don't know, man, because now you need a quarterback. You need a coach. You need a running back. You need it all.
1: Yeah, uh definitely. New York Jets had a chance to improve their organization. They made a terrible hire with Adam Gase. But uh um, moving right along and LeVeon Bell will see the Jets again at some point this year. I guarantee you he's gonna make sure he gets to some place where the New York Jets are on the schedule. Well look look at the sw-
0: schedule. Look at the schedule. Miami this week, then Buffalo, then Kansas City. He will face them again.
1: Yes, good for him. (laughs) That will be must-see TV. Put it on Monday Night Football or Thursday Night Football or whatever night we decide to play this year. All right, let's get ready to hop into this week's action. Buffalo Bills. Excuse me, not the Buffalo Bills. The Baltimore Ravens and the Philadelphia Eagles in Philadelphia. I was watching the game last week in Pittsburgh. I noticed that Pittsburgh had fans. I'm like, why didn't I have fans in Philadelphia? Why do I have fans in Philadelphia this week? I don't feel too good about it if I'm Carson wins, <laughs> Because no. those boos are really going to be there this time. And you're going to hear them loud and proud from even a couple thousand Philadelphia Eagle fans. But really, it's two areas of concern when it comes to these two teams. Mike, it's Lamar Jackson and it's Zach Ertz. I'll
0: tell you, man, Lamar Jackson... He's been a he's been a disappointment so far this year and you can he he is on pace for i believe it's around 50 fewer carries far fewer rushing yards obviously fewer rushing touchdowns and all you hear out of Lamar Jackson is that hey the Ravens are okay with me not running more hey Lamar fantasy owners we never signed that one right there we need you to run the football a little bit more and this is once again guys another example and there's a million of them out there beware the magical season Lamar Jackson, now, the schedule at the end of the season is much better. But coming up, the schedule is not all that great for Lamar Jackson. He was never going to be as good as he was last season. I feel like people need to understand that. But I didn't think he would be. He's 15th in fantasy points per game among quarterbacks right now. 15th. Lamar Jackson. So I, you got to play him. I'll, I'll give you guys an example of, of, of how his value has fallen. I have him in one league that's a traditional redraft, not a super flex. It's just a, a regular, regular fantasy football league. I can't trade him. Nobody wants him. Nobody wants him. That's how Lamar Jackson's value has fallen. Nobody wants him. And part of that is because there are so many good quarterbacks in the National Football League that why would you trade away anything of value at running back or wide receiver to get a quarterback when you've already probably got a pretty good one on your roster? Doc,
2: I think he might be banged up. Yeah, I don't I don't think he's 100%. I think the problem was, and I've said this to you guys before, I think that Ingram ran so well last year that it gave Jackson time to throw. They had an established running game. Every week they're like a mad scientist with different guys running the football. There's Dobbins and Gus and Ingram. It gets confusing. Jackson is not an accurate passer. He's missed Hollywood Brown on numerous occasions. I just think they just haven't found their rhythm yet. And... I disagree with people who don't want to trade for Lamar Jackson. I would actually trade for Lamar Jackson because you're getting him at an all-time low. I could be paying you 85 cents on the dollar. Now, if you're asking me for $1.20, I'm not going to do it because he's not playing that well. But I'll certainly buy low here. I just think the Ravens' defense has looked really good. The offense has to catch up. That said, this is a smash spot. I mean, come on. Wentz is going to get murdered. The Eagles offensive line has been terrible. Miles Sanders is in trouble this week. I mean, can Travis Fulgham do it two weeks in a row? This is a smash. This is a get healthy spot for Baltimore.
1: Uh, Mike, what are you telling people that hit you up on your Twitter, your DMs and SI Fantasy Plus community? What are you telling them when they ask you about sitting and starting uh, Zach Ertz?
0: I tell them that the tight end position is thin. And if you've got Ertz, you drafted him to start him. And unless you were able to get, say, Johnny Smith, right, in the draft maybe a little bit later, or were able to pick him up off the waiver wire and most of the leagues that you guys uh, and I are playing in, Johnny Smith was certainly uh, a very draftable asset. Unless you have maybe TJ Hawkins in this week, you got to keep playing him. You got to keep playing him. I mean – are you going to play Eric Ebron over Zach Ertz? Are you going to play maybe Robert Tanyan? Are you going to roll the dice on Tanyan? Oh, I, with, d- I with definitely DeMonte play Adams Tanyan there? over
2: Ertz. 100% play Tanyan over Ertz. Not even a question.
0: Okay. Not even I, a question. I, I, I have Ertz ring tire, but um, I mean, Tanyan has had that one big game when Green Bay was down its top two pass catchers. and we Right, think but they're
2: down Lazard as Adams well. So I mean, be you've bad. got Adams and you've got nobody, and Aaron Rodgers loves this guy. I mean, at least his arrow's pointing <laughs> See, up. What I worry about, Doc, with Tanyan,
1: is Aaron Rodgers really don't throw the football to tight ends. Now, he has saw Moans more so with Tanya, but he really hasn't since Jermichael Finley.
0: So I love it's like, that Paul. It's your Michael Finley, nice. how about that one? <laughs> I,
1: don't,
2: I don't know. I don't agree with that because I think he's had some horrible tight ends there. And Yes, I'm calling Jared Cook horrible. I am. So <laughs> right, I'm cool with that. You know, <laughs> I, I think, you know Richard you know, Rodgers love? <laughs> Aaron Rodgers likes this guy, and I think that goes a long way because Rodgers is finicky. If he doesn't want like you, he doesn't throw to you. What do you think? Alan Lazard's on the field because Rodgers said, "Put this guy on the field." Look, Zach Ertz looks slow. Here's the difference between Ertz and Bell. Bell spoke up and said, I'm tired of this crap. Ertz is being treated like the redheaded stepchild. They want him out. He wants out. It looks like he's dogging it, but he's still out there. I, I would play Tanya. And I'm telling you, there's not even a question in my mind. If you're not playing Tanya over Ertz, I don't think you're thinking in a high stakes way.
0: I tell you, right. I tell you one what? thing though, the fact that this is a conversation tells you how far yeah. uh, back Ertz's value
1: has fallen. No doubt about it. That is true. Uh, Zach Ertz definitely one of the big time bust of the early part of the season. Excuse me. The Cleveland Browns travel to Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers. Mike, you know the Smith Schuster thing is interesting right now when it comes to Pittsburgh. But you know, I, I I still feel good. I still think he's a start. The Cleveland Browns, you know, um, they 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 they're playing good football. Their offense is coming together. I like the way Baker Mayfield is playing. They're in a tough spot this week, but I actually like the Browns this week. But from a fantasy from, from fantasy point of view what do you think about this matchup right here and uh who do you think is the guys that we need to make sure that uh we got our eye on come Sunday morning?
0: Well, outside of the obvious guys, uh, Kareem Hunt is obviously going to be in your lineup. James Conner is going to be in your lineup without question. I think Big Ben is a nice play. Remember, we've got four teams on a bye this week, so uh you're going to be reaching into those uh borderline QB1, QB2s for starts this week. So Big Ben should be in your lineup. Baker Mayfield should not be anywhere near a fantasy lineup, unless it's a two QB or Superflex league. Hadn't scored 16 points in a game so far this season uh, because Cleveland's running the ball so much. You probably have to play OBJ. You don't necessarily have to love it. Uh, Jarvis Landry, same kind of thing. He's coming off a pretty good game last week, but he's a little bit banged up right now as well. Uh, Austin Hooper would be a fade for me. He's had two good games in a row, but keep in mind, one of those games came against the Cowboys and the other came against the Colts without Darius Leonard. So, I feel like this is a, a, a good spot for Juju uh, against Cleveland. They have not done well against slot receivers, but I'm really interested to see what happens if Deontay Johnson is back this week. Now we're not sure about his status. It's only Thursday, but if Johnson is active and we know Chase Claypool is going to be active, who is big Ben going to target, right? Because early in the season, he was throwing the ball a ton to Deontay Johnson. And then last week, Claypool goes bananas, three touchdown catches, one rushing, over 42 fantasy points. Which guy is going to be more targeted this week if both are healthy? And that may be the big question mark because Deontay Johnson has not been durable so far this season.
1: Doc, I'm sitting Michael Gallup and playing Chase Claypool. That's the correct thing to do, right?
2: No. No. Um, really? Well, un- unless Deontay Johnson is out, or unless so Juju's if Johnson out. Johnson is active, put
1: Gallup back in the
2: lineup. Yes, and and look, I, I dude, I, I, we're good friends, and mm-hmm. I love you, dude. We've worked together for years, but when you're saying Baker Mayfield's a start, i got to question your sanity. I do. I mean, the guy's got an injured rib, and the Steelers have been very, very tough this year, and it's hard to establish a running game against the Steelers. I think Hunt is in a good spot because they're going to have to throw. Look, the Steelers are a really good team. They are, and I think Ben Roethlisberger was probably the most undervalued quarterback coming into the league this, this year because people are getting him late. Claypool has to start. The question is going to be, I think the guy who loses out is Juju. I think he throw, Ben throws to Deontay because Deontay is one of the best route runners in the NFL. You throw to Claypool because he's 6'4", 220, and he runs a 4'4". I think Juju's in a, in a tough spot there because, you know, as we've learned— He's a wide receiver, two or three. The Steelers are happy to let this guy go moving forward. I also like Ebron a little bit, but I, I think James Conner's in a smash spot too. I picked up Eric Ebron off the waiver of wire. Mike, is there's a? I, I, I think
1: when I, when I when, when I'm talking about Mayfield, I think when I say about Mayfield, I'm con, more or less saying the real NFL. I think Cleveland can go in there and win the game this week. Mike, you you agree if if Johnson is active, I should put Gallup back into my lineup over Claypool.
0: Man, uh, right now I have Gallup ranked ahead of Claypool, but. We have to see what the status of Deontay Johnson is at this point. The the real issue is that you're dealing with very similar situations, right? Gallup is third in targets right now among the Cowboys' big three wide receivers. Andy Dalton did throw to him last week, had the two big catches, but everyone was watching that on the highlights. It wasn't just Gallup that Dalton was throwing the football to. You also have to keep in mind Arizona's defense has been pretty good against receivers lined out wide so far this season, but Pittsburgh, same kind of thing, right? So, If Deontay is active, well, that's one more piece of the pie that has to be split up among the targets. So I would go with Gallup if you see Deontay Johnson active. If not, then to me, the play is Chase Claypool. There's a couple of very interesting case studies in chasing fantasy points this week. One is Chase Claypool, and the other one is Travis Fulgham in Philadelphia.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I think that's interesting. Uh, both of those ones right there: Denver Broncos, New Orleans Patriots. Patriots get Cam Newton back there, ten point favorite at home via the DraftKings Sportsbook. Denver Broncos, nah, ah, ah, yeah, nothing really <laughs> that's for me certain. here, Doc. Yeah, little, you and know Melvin what I'm Gordon
0: may or may not be in yeah, there this week. Got, we don't
1: know. You got the Melvin Gordon thing, Doc. I, I just, I think, I think we know what it is with these two teams right here. We do,
2: and it's, it's. Look, I think. In terms of Denver, Jerry Judy might be a play playing in the slot. He's always seeming to make a play each week. If Melvin Gordon is is suspended, I think Philip Lindsay might be very sneaky on DK this week if you're playing in some uh, GPPs, throwing him in there because he can run and catch. And I, I'm not a big Royce Freeman guy. I think the guy who's in the smash spot is Cam. I mean, Cam is in a re- – he's going to come back and be big this week and if you want to play in a gpp and if you don't want to stack him with with bird or edelman i'm okay running cam by himself i think cam has a big week this week
0: yeah i agree too denver's given up the seventh most points to quarterback so far this season uh cam is going to have a very very big return i believe uh against this defense and you know you think denver and you always think oh they're gonna have a pretty good defense that defense is not that good
1: no, it, it's not. They're not playing well um, so far this season, Mike. When you go to the next game, two more AFC teams: Cincinnati Bengals and in the Indianapolis Colts. This game was in Indianapolis. I cut AJ Green last night to pick up Smart. Eric Ebron because I had, a, you know, my, my Hunter Henry's on a bye. so AJ Green is, you know, he's he's <laughs> he's for the streets. You know what yeah. I'm saying? He yeah, belongs no to the streets right now. So, um, I'm this Indianapolis team is very blah and boring to me. And when you look at, you know, Cincinnati, it's going to be interesting to see how they able to fare this week, you know, coming off of that loss. What do you think about this game?
0: So it's a very interesting game here because a lot of what happens for the Bengals is going to be determined, especially in that ground game on whether or not Darius Leonard could come back. Joe Mixon's had one big game last week. He kind of salvages that line with a bunch of catches, but if Leonard's out, I like Joe Mixon. If Leonard's back, then Mixon probably has to be started in most leagues, even if it's just as a flex, but not necessarily the best matchup against the Colts defense, which is uh, played very good there, the top defense in uh, fantasy football right now. But on the Bengals side, other than Mixon, I don't know that there's one player you can start with confidence because Joe Burrow is going to be in a lot of trouble this week, all right? The Colts have given up 180 net passing yards per game. They've giving up fewer than 18 points per game. Uh, Indianapolis has 46 quarterback pressures and the Bengals have given up the most sacks in the league. You know what that means? Joe Burrow is going to be running for his life. So is Tyler Boyd a, a tough guy to sit during the bye weeks? I mean, I get it. Yeah, he is, but this is a tough spot for his quarterback and it's a tough spot for Tyler Boyd. AJ Green is on the waiver wire, which is where he belongs for you, Corey. And other than that, I mean, T Higgins is, is a fade for me this week as well. Drew Samples, not startable in fantasy at this point. So to me, it's really mixing. And not much of anything else. And if Darius Leonard comes back,
1: then Mixon uh, loses a bit of that luster. Doc, is it time for
2: Taylor Hilton to go to the Wave of Wyatt too? All right. So, firstly, I don't agree with Fabs about Boyd. If you look at what the Colts, who's done well against the Colts, if I'm not mistaken, Braxton Berrio scored, Rashad Higgins scored. These are slot guys. So, Jarvis Landry did well. I think if there's anybody who I like this week for the Bengals, it would be Tyler Boyd. He is Burrow's go-to guy. Now, that being said, I don't think he's more than five for 50 in a touchdown, and I I wouldn't go run to start him, but I think he's the most startable. I think Joe Mixon's in a tough spot here. Here's the biggest problem in this game. It's called pace. The Colts are going to slow this game down to a crawl. They don't want to throw. Phillip Rivers is awful at this point. They're going to run the ball with Jonathan Taylor down their throats. T.Y. Hilton had a good game last week. Do you know why? They were losing and they had a throw. So when the Colts are in a position where they're down by 10 in the the second half, well, then it it may be a T.Y. Hilton is okay. When they're going to be winning and they're going to be running, T.Y. Hilton, I'm thinking like three for 40 this week. I don't even think he's startable. So I, I think the only guy I like in this game is Jonathan Taylor. It's very difficult to watch the
1: Indianapolis Colts play. It's very difficult because of that slow pace that grinds you down. Listen, I don't get me wrong. It's going to work come January. You know, they should be they should be in the mix in the AFC. But as far as watching them on a week-to-week basis and trying to get a feel for handicapping that team and their fantasy assets, um, it's very difficult. Chicago Bears, Carolina Panthers. This is going to be a very interesting game, Mike, this Bears and Panthers contest. For the first time in my life, I'm like, mm, the Bears and some of their fantasy assets are pretty interesting to me. I don't think David Montgomery is terrible. Obviously, we know what Allen Robinson is. And then with Carolina, man, Teddy Bridgewater and Robbie Anderson, them dudes is getting it done. Yeah, and the Mike matchup, Davis. The,
0: the matchup's not great for either one of the passing games here, though. Uh, keep, you know, keep that in mind. Bridgewater is a fade for me this week against Chicago. I know he's had two big games in a row, and he's got some good matchups coming up. But this week is not the week to play Teddy Bridgewater. You, you're going to play Allen Robinson. I mean, that's, that's obvious. There's no question about that. He's going to get his targets. Other than that, in Chicago, I mean, David Montgomery is an easy play because Carolina's defense is garbage against the run, so Montgomery is an RB2 this week. But other than Allen Robinson, there's really not anybody, including Jimmy Graham, that I would start with any kind of confidence for the Bears. And on Carolina's side, you've got Robbie Anderson, who you're going to play. You've got D.J. Moore, who you're going to play, although D.J. Moore, he had that one big game uh, last week or that one big catch last week, and that was really it, uh, even in a in a very good matchup. So D.J. Moore, to me, is, is I'm going to play him but I'm still not sure what I'm going to get from him. And then clearly Mike Davis is just a must start. I can't even put him in my stardom and sit him anymore because Mike Davis guys is too obvious to put in a stardom sit him column right now. And he's also playing in a revenge
1: game against his former team, the bears. Doc. I'm, I think I, who you think I'm curious of your, your fantasy uh, breakdown of this game. And I want to know who you think is going to win.
2: All right, so I've got 3 3 plays for you in this game. I think the first great play is David Montgomery. If I'm not mistaken, Carolina lets up a ton of receptions out of the backfield to the, to running backs. I mean, maybe even the most in the NFL. So I think Montgomery, who has emerged as a receiver this year, is going to see a ton of action. I think he is a, a, a must start. I think Allen Robinson's a must start. I mean, look, Mike Evans, Ridley, uh, they both torched Deontay, Dante Jackson, who's injured. So I think both those guys are in play. I think Fabs is 100% right. I think Peter if people still think that Mike Davis is a possible start, that's crazy. Mike Davis has been a top five running back in, in the last few weeks. So he's absolutely startable. The problem is this, Anderson and more, guys who you really want to start, they're not in good spots this week. Teddy Bridgewater, who's been sensational, not in a good spot this week. So I think we're looking at guys that you have to play because, I mean, you probably don't have better guys, but this is one of those where – Let's just say you've got, I'm just arguing, Chase Claypool, right? And you're debating between DJ Moore and Chase Claypool. This may be more of a Claypool week. I know that sounds crazy, but I don't see Moore going more than six for 60. The Bears have been very stingy. I will take uh, the – I hate betting on the Bears. I'll take the Panthers because I can't stand Nick Foles and I don't trust him.
0: <laughs> By the way, yeah, Doc, you're right. Carolina has given up uh, 43 catches to running backs that tied for most of the National Football League. And the Bears have only given up one touchdown to receiver lined out wide all season long. So while you're starting Anderson and you're starting DJ Moore, you may want to temper your expectations, especially for the latter.
1: Yeah, no doubt, Mike. You think who you think win this game?
0: Man, I, I don't like the Bears either. I'm going to go with Carolina. Uh,
1: interesting. I, I think I think I like the Bears to go in there and get it done. I don't know. I, I could be wrong on that. I just I'm just glad MVP Mitch is not out there, so that makes me a little, feel a little <laughs> bit better. And then, um, you know, Nick Foles is is a master of throwing the football to the running back. Another interesting contest in the AFC: the Houston Texans. And, <clears throat> excuse me, the Houston Texans and the Tennessee Titans, uh, both teams coming off a win. Deshaun Watson, listen, it's, it's not pretty. It's starting to pick up a little bit. I like Will Fuller. I got Will Fuller in a number of spots. The Titans seem to be a team that with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder after the COVID-19 fiasco that they had. Mike, what do you think about this one?
0: First off, uh, can, when are we going to give Ryan Tannehill his due? The, the guy yeah. is The guy is so good. He's uh, he's averaging 22 points per game this year. And people are out there still wondering whether or not they should start him. And, hell, he's available in a lot of leagues at this point, right? He had a great game last week against Buffalo earlier this week. uh, Actually, just a couple of days ago. And, like I get it, Buffalo's defense all banged up. No Tredavious White, whatever the the case may be. But this dates back to basically the middle of last season. Ryan Tannehill has been playing at an MVP level. MVP level, okay? And you can't argue that. The numbers are there. He's been tremendous. He was down two of his top receivers against Buffalo. didn't matter, okay? This guy needs to be in your lineup unless you have an elite quarterback, right? Whether it's, you know, Patrick Mahomes or I guess is Lamar still elite? I mean, maybe he is, maybe he isn't. Uh, Russell Wilson example, but, you know, these guys are on – some of these guys are on buys. Ryan Tannehill has been so good and no one talks about it. He is a guy that needs to be in your lineup unless you have one of those upper echelon quarterbacks. And he needs to be in your lineup every single week. The matchups here have not really mattered for Tannehill. He's had some stinkers. Yes, there's no question about that. But more often than not, he has been putting up very good stat lines for your fantasy team.
1: Let me ask you this, Mike. Let me double up with you, and I want the same question for Dr. Roto. If you had a decision to make in a one QB league between Watson and Tannehill?
0: That one is close. And to be quite honest with you, when you look at the numbers, Ryan Tannehill has been every bit as good, if not better, than Watson. With that being said... I have Watson ranked slightly ahead of Tannehill this week.
2: Same question, Doc. And what do you think about this game? 200% this week you're playing Watson. And there's there's two words why. Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. There's no McKinney. And the Texans are soft against the run. And Tannehill was sensational on Monday night. I give him all the props. I think Fabs is right. Tannehill's been great. I think we could argue that he's a top 10 quarterback and people treat him like he's number 20. He's really good. And, And A.J. Brown is a stud. But Derrick Henry, this could be a three touchdown week. I mean, this really could be. So I think Tannehill. You know how some weeks he goes for three hundred yards and three touchdowns, and then some weeks it's like one hundred and eighty six and one. This could be a one eighty six and one only because Derrick Henry is that good. On the other end of the ball, I like Watson. I like Will Fuller. I like Brandon Cooks. I mean, I, I think that the Titans secondary not. is slow. Okay. And Fuller and Cooks are fast. That's all I'm going to say. Those guys are fast, and I think Watson is more confident now. O'Brien, he's been unshackled. O'Brien is gone. They're going to throw the ball downfield. David Johnson is pedestrian at best. I like Watson to Cooks and Fuller this week.
1: And Washington football and New York Giants for what it's worth, it's on the schedule. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we saw McLaurin it's on the take schedule, a bit, uh, it, Yeah, it's on the schedule. We saw McLaurin take a little bit of a dip last week, Mike. But um, listen, this is not really much here.
0: Well, McLaurin is, is very playable this week. In fact, I, I have him ranked uh, you know, among my top 15 wide receivers for the week. He should be in a smash spot. And you're also playing Antonio Gibson. I feel like he's at worst a flex starter this week without question uh, for the Washington football team. After that, there's probably not much to like. On the Giants side of the ball, I mean, Daniel Jones is a two QB league quarterback at best right now, and maybe he's not even that. I mean, he couldn't do it against the Dallas Cowboys for crying out loud. So, uh, he is he has been an absolute disaster, injuries aside from the, the top players in that offense. I do like Evan Ingram. He has got a, a pretty good track record playing against Washington. He's averaging uh, over 11 fantasy points per game against them in their last three or four meetings, uh, if if memory serves me. And Darius Slayton, I, like, he was great last week, but that was the Dallas Cowboys. This week, he's more of a fade for me if you have to play him as a three or a flex like I get it during the bye weeks. But I don't love this matchup against Washington.
2: What do you think, Doc? I couldn't disagree with Fabs more about McLaurin. I mean, James Bradbury has been a shut-down cornerback. I mean, I'm surprised that I'm even saying those words because I don't think anything on the Giant defense has been shut down. But, I mean, Gallup, Allen Robinson, Cooper – I mean, he shut all these guys down. If the Giants shot on McLaurin with with Bradbury, with Kyle Allen throwing, you think he's going to take chances down the field? I don't see McLaurin as a play this week at all. But, I worry but, about – I don't know you can sit him though, Doc. I, I'm telling you this. If it's close, I'm sitting him. I don't like the matchup. I will tell you a guy who's super sneaky for Washington this week, super sneaky. If Gibson's hurt, check down Kyle, maybe checking down a J.D. McKissick. The steel, uh, the Giants have a good run defense. He may be throwing a lot of passes out of the backfield. He's a guy on DK. If I can get him at like you know thirty eight hundred or whatever he is this week, I'll look for. The, I think Fabs is right though on Ingram. I mean, the Washington football team, D- Goddard scored, Gerald Everett scored. I mean, it was four for ninety. I mean, they've been uber generous to tight ends, and it seems like he's the only guy that Daniel Jones feels comfortable throwing to. So I, I think Ingram is Engram is a safest start. Here's, here's, here's the a-
0: thing with with McLaurin though. Uh, the Giants the Giants have gotten crushed by slot receivers like this season. McLaurin's run 40 routes out of the slot in the last three weeks. Washington's going to move him around the line of scrimmage to get him those better matchups, and that's why I think McLaurin is a very good play this week. And a wide you receiver.
2: may be right. If they do that, Fabs, if they do well, they, that, then you're 100% did, right because right? the Giants slot corner is the worst in the, the NFL. So, the like, Giants... The Giants' slot corner is the worst in the NFL. He's terrible. And so, I mean, if they move McLaurin, they'll have to move McLaurin around to give them any chance.
0: Right. Which is what they'll do because they've been doing that. Like McLaurin obviously runs most of his routes uh, out wide, but 40 routes in the last three games have been run out of the slot. Washington is not afraid to move him inside and exploit a matchup. And I think they're going to do plenty of that this week. So I would not be surprised if you see McLaurin run 12 to 15 routes out of the slot against the Giants.
1: Detroit Lions, Jacksonville Jaguars. This game is in Jacksonville. Um, I, I, there, I, there's I, actually a lot of fantasy goodness in this one, man. You know what's crazy right? about I mean, this? It's a like
0: crap game, but like, there's a lot of good fantasy options in this one. I
2: think this is a sneaky DK stack. Oh, this isn't sneaky. This isn't sneaky, dude. This is this is an easy one. This is a lot of points in this one. The only thing that could screw this up is the Lions running the ball to Adrian Peterson 87 times. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I think Peterson Holiday can handle and 87 smash well. spots. Yeah, and I mean, look
0: at Both the quarterbacks are startable. Although I will say this. If D, if DJ Chark doesn't play, I don't like Minshew as much. Uh, LaVisca Chenault's a very good play this week. Uh, you're playing James Robinson. He's got a great matchup. On the Detroit side, you're playing Stafford. Kenny G's got a very good matchup. I mean, Jaguars' defense is all banged up, right? TJ Hawkinson's a very good play this week. I don't know who the hell to trust in that backfield. You can't trust any of them. But if it gets into a high scoring affair, maybe DeAndre Swift actually has some flex value because his numbers haven't been terrible, right? I mean, he's given you double digit points in all but one game this year, although it hasn't been high double digits, but it's still double digits. But Peterson's been dominating in terms of the snaps and in terms of the carries. Uh, So I'd probably play Peterson this week. But Swift to me is a fade only because, well, we're not sure what the touch share is going to be. We're not sure what the snap share is going to be. He's more of a risk reward flex, but I feel like this game could end up having some points put on the board. And again, if Chark doesn't play, boy, I tell you, I mean, I mean, Keelan Cole maybe gets into the mix a little bit as well. But Lavisca Chenault could end up being a nice play on draft games.
1: I like Chenault this week. I like I like this 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 total. I believe Doc opened up at fifty two and a half. It's already steamed up to fifty four. So I think people think it's going to be points in this game from fantasy wise. Where does it come from? Those guys, Mike, name, or do you think maybe it's something? Maybe what do you think about
2: Swift particularly? Okay, so I want to really get behind the Detroit Lions. I do. I really want to. I I like Galladay. I like Hawkinson. I even don't hate Marvin Jones. It's Matt Patricia (laughs) who I just want to smack around sometimes. Yeah. Because what happens is the obvious plays here is to throw the ball because Henderson is hurt. All these guys, Herndon is hurt. Use Galladay, go to Hawkinson. It makes so much sense. And then when you watch this game and Adrian Peterson has 18 carries at halftime and the game is like 10, seven, you're asking yourself, why aren't they opening up this offense? Because they could be winning this game. If they played Swift and they throw this ball, this game could be high scoring and fantasy goodness all around. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to play it that way and hope that happens. Right. For sure. And then I'm going to hedge my bet and play it Peterson as well, because the guy could get like so many carries for Jacksonville. Shanault has a hamstring, but, and they're going to baby him. I don't think I think Chark plays. I think James Robinson's in a great spot this week. I really like him. But I'll, I'll give you a couple of names. Take a look at this kid, Colin Johnson. He looked good last week. He played at Texas. He emerged last week. Uh, I think he's good. And I and I do like Cole. I think Cole, if Chark is out, gets some run.
1: Yeah, I, I think those are all good options right there. Atlanta Falcons, Minnesota Vikings. This is the Alexander-Madison game that we've been waiting for. Put him in my lineup. Took him off my bench. Put him in my lineup last night. Going up against the Falcons, we should be able to get this one played. Positive test for the Atlanta Falcons. You obviously will keep an eye on it. A positive test for the Atlanta Falcons was on the coaching staff. Boy, yeah. I tell you, if, if um Mike, if, uh, let's just say Atlanta wins the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes, I think they do it. Wow. I mean, it's possible.
0: It's possible. I mean, the Jets, the Jets are pretty awful too. And the Giants aren't all that great either. And I feel like any one of those teams that ends up number one is going to take Trevor Lawrence, even uh, the Giants with Daniel Jones, because Lawrence could end up being uh, a difference maker for any franchise that's lucky enough to get him. But Madison, here's how here's how valuable Madison is this week. He's fifth among running backs on DK fifth. <laughs> so that's like crazy. he's he's a backup running back. He's fifth. He's the fifth most expensive running back on on DK this week. So Madison is a must play. Must play. If if you've got him, start him. There's no question about that. Uh, Justin Jefferson's in a good spot this week. Kirk Cousins, I get it. It's hard to trust him. Sometimes you have to keep the faith. He is in a spot where he could potentially put up some pretty good numbers as well. You know, Adam Thielen is is obvious. Irv Smith Jr. last week flashed a little bit. Atlanta's been very bad against tight ends. So if you're looking for a bargain on DK, Irv Smith Jr. could be that guy. On Atlanta's side, Matt Ryan's the matchup's good, guys. And and Doc, I want your, your thoughts on this. But is Matt Ryan startable without Julio Jones?
2: Oh, See, man. it's Matt not Ryan easy is- because it,
0: last week he was crap. Like I get it. Carolina's defense is, is very good against the past, but even the prior week, like without Julio Jones, I don't know if I could trust Matt Ryan.
2: No, I, I think it's not only that, and I agree with that. It's Without Julio, he looks like he's rudderless. The problem also is that the defense is so horrific that they need to run the ball to keep the defense off the field. So they have to slow pace of play down, and that's very much against what Atlanta does. Atlanta likes to be a wide-open offense, and they can't be. So they're giving the ball to Brian Hill. They're giving the ball to Gurley way more, and I think Ryan has zero rhythm. Um, I, I think Madison couldn't be a better start this week. I mean, look, the Falcons are a tougher run defense than people think, but this guy can catch the ball out of the backfield. I, I think the great play this week is is Justin Jefferson. People will be down on him after what happened last week. He will come back and thrive. You know, I'm a big Irv Smith fan. I am, but I, I worry that there's just not enough targets in this offense because, they, they, I mean, Kirk Cousins, if he passes the ball 26 times a game, it's a lot. Uh, my biggest concern in this game is if it go, goes off the slate, because I'd love to stack the crap out of this game, but I don't know if I can. Because if it moves to, to Monday or Tuesday, I'm going to lose that opportunity to be somebody's rich friend. So, you know, we're going to have to see. But I, I think Atlanta is really in shambles right now.
1: Yeah, I think Atlanta's in in in, in, in a bad spot. Doc, would you agree if, if they get if they do get the first pick, Trevor Lawrence, and it's and it's
2: over for Matt Ryan? Oh, for sure. I mean, look, Matt Ryan could stay around as a mentor. I think that'd be good. You know, you come (laughs) around, you put him in a rocking chair. There you go, Matt. (laughs) Yeah, get him a rocking chair, you know, treat him nicely, and then you say bye-bye, and then Matt Ryan's, you know, coaching uh, the BC Eagles in about five years.
1: (laughs) Listen, it's funny. I mean, it just seems like Matt Ryan was winning the MVP a couple years ago, and now it's like, hmm, you know, Trevor Lawrence is from Georgia. Atlanta's going to be in that mix for that top pick, you know, so – it's interesting how quickly things can change. The National Football League, which Bill Parcells famously said stands for not for long, that could be the, <laughs> right. that could be the case for Matt Ryan, the Jets, and the Miami Dolphins. AFC East battle, Mike. You know, Miami coming in this one a nine and a half point favorite. I really don't see no much. You know, really much. You know, outside of the Dolphins, I, I just don't even know what the Jets even have.
0: Uh, do they have one guy you can trust? And it's Jamison Crowder. That's yep. it. Chris Herndon's disappeared. I, I'm in a position because of bye weeks and because I'm playing in a bunch of leagues where you have multiple flexes. Like I have to play Frank Gore. I have to. I have no choice because I have nothing else. Right. I've got one team where like my entire bench is on the pie. So it is what it is. And it'll be interesting to see. He's there. got. It is a yeah. I mean, we've all been there, right? He's he's got. It's a revenge game against Miami. Whatever. I love throwing that narrative out just for the hell of it. But it's going to be interesting to see what the what the snap share and the touch areas is between Gore. And P. Ryan this week. But other than that, I mean, Crowder's the only jet you could play with any kind of confidence. And then on the Miami side, you got a bunch of dudes you can play. Like, assuming Le'Veon Bell doesn't sign with Miami and play this week. Miles Gaskin is a very good play. He's at a pretty good price on DK as well. You're starting Devonte Parker. You're starting Mike Kosicki. You're starting Ryan Fitzpatrick, who is in a revenge game himself. Although half of the league is yeah,
1: a revenge game. That's the whole league, Mike. For <laughs> tragic, but I still
0: think that's very funny. Fitzpatrick's been good. He he had a he had a stinker in week one. Ever since, guys, twenty plus points every single week. So. In this game against the Jets, who are giving up right around 18 to 19 points per game to quarterbacks, I feel like uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is a very nice option. And th- this is this is going to be kind of how, how it is every single week now uh, across the National Football League. When you're looking for a defense to stream, look to the Jets and yeah. start the opponent. Miami's defense is a very good streamer. And by the way, we don't talk kickers very much on this show. Jason Sanders is playing out of his freaking mind. Miami's giving him all kinds of opportunities. He's tied with my guy, Rodrigo Blankenship, right now as the top kicker in fantasy football. But Sanders is not owned in a lot of leagues. And I get it, kickers, blah. Hey, man, points is points for me.
1: Doc, kickers have been mentioned twice on this program, both <laughs>
2: times by Mike. <laughs> That's right, man.
0: I gotta, I gotta <laughs> spread the love here, man. Yeah,
2: two times, too many. So, look, here's here's my uh, deal this week. I'd like to see Brashard Perriman back for the Jets. I'm, I, I'm ready for him to to come back. I why wa- I want to see what happens with P Ryan. I'm hoping that Gase will play this guy, Frank Gore. I get it. You know, he's going to get his 15 touches, but let P Ryan play. Let's see if there's anything there. I, Cause I think there is, I think there's a glimmer there. So I, I think jet fans need any glimmer they can find. My biggest worry this week is this. I'm with fabs that, that Fitzpatrick has been uh, underrated and overlooked. But I think if you go with Fitzpatrick this week on on daily, you're chasing last week's points. So I kind of want everybody else to do that. I do. I want everybody else to do that because. But, but I, I, I will like say this, Fitz, Doc. You're chasing, you're chasing last points.
0: week's points, and you're chasing week. Four points, week three's points, and week two points. Maybe you're right. He's been pretty look. good. You could be
2: 100% good. right, and and, yeah. I, and I hope you are. You know, look, I always want my friends to be right when they make predictions, you know, except Corey. No, I'm joking.
1: <laughs> I mean, I,
2: I'm, you know, I want you to be right. I just think that, you know, when you're looking with them putting up another 43 points, I, I don't know. So I think these, I don't ever like chasing points in when it comes to daily teams.
1: You think if there's a situation where the Dolphins get up big, we could see two in the fourth quarter?
0: anything's possible, but I really feel like Miami at this point is, is looking to keep him on the sidelines, learning until from the beard to go. Yeah. for as long as possible until Fitzpatrick has that. And, and it's coming. Maybe it'll be this week. I don't know, but the jets suck, but I don't know. Uh, but there, there is, there's going to be a game where Fitzpatrick implodes. Like it is. You remember, you remember a few years ago, guys, when, oh, uh, when Fitzpatrick was, was with uh, Tampa, right? James Winston. Mm-hmm. Yes. I happened to me. Twice. Yes. Yes. It, 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 like that, those games are, like inevitable for Fitzpatrick. And if you you guys also remember that year, if you combined Fitzpatrick and Jameis Winston's fantasy. QB points, one. They were they right. were like one or two that season. And yep. so Fitzpatrick is I mean, this is a guy who who's had success. But you're right. There there are there are weeks, and there's always the threat that Fitzpatrick just has an awful two or three interception game and suddenly two comes in. But so far, he is he
1: has mostly avoided that. So that season that you're talking about, Mike, what happened to me? And this is I'm talking. About, this is like a this is a fifteen hundred dollar auction, and I had Fitzpatrick and I had Jameis, and I started. You know, I was, I was like, all right, who? who what am I going to do? You know, I remember I had another quarterback on my bench at that time too. So I had three quarterbacks. So I was like, I'm going with Fitz Magic, and sure enough, in the first half, he threw four interceptions, he got, <laughs> got benched. So I had you know I had a donut at my quarterback position, negative points at the quarterback position. Couple weeks later, yep. I went to fit. I went to say, you know, Winston got the job. Winston's doing his thing. First court, first half, Winston throws three picks, got mm. benched. Yep. In a, a league like that, competitive league like that, you have two weeks where you get a donut from your quarterback. You can forget about it. You know what I'm saying? So yep. that was very, very troublesome times right there. Green Bay Packers, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. No quarterbacks getting benched in this game, Mike. Uh, Buck, Packers come to down to Tampa. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. Aaron Rodgers on the road, a one point favorite.
0: Yeah, and Aaron Rodgers has been maybe one of the two or three best bargains in fantasy football drafts. He's been just phenomenal. Uh, turned back the clock, and and looks great. I guess you know all, he didn't really need another receiver. He needed uh, the Packers to draft a quarterback to replace him, to piss him off, and to motivate <laughs> him. And it, so, and I feel like this is probably going to end up being a high-scoring game. Uh, you know, Tom Brady's a guy that I have ranked as a as a borderline QB one. Uh, he, he's in my he's in my low to mid teens this week. But again, we have a lot of buys. We have a lot of leagues out there where you're starting two quarterbacks. So he'll be in plenty of lineups just because of the prospect of this being a high-scoring affair. We're not sure about Chris Godwin this week. Mike Evans is clearly a play. Uh, I've said it before. I say it again. I don't trust Rob Gronkowski not playing him unless I'm absolutely desperate. Cam Rape might actually be a better play in DK because he's going to be cheaper. And the running back position, and this one, it's funny because I thought of Doc this week, and I I, I was in start him and sit him. And this week, it's really hard to pick out sit and running backs with the buys and the matchups, right? So I put Leonard Fournette in there, and Leonard Fournette, this is not about the matchup, because Green Bay's defense has been bad against running backs. Uh, This is about, well, I'm not sure about the snap counts and the touches, and he's really only had one game, and he was the closer in that game. It was Carolina, and their defense sucks. And I thought to myself, damn, this is one of those games where Doc is going to come on podcast and be like, Leonard Fournette is a smash spot <laughs> against Green Bay. Don't play Ronald Jones. So, like, I'm playing Ronald Jones this week. But I, I mean, like, Doc, like you're you're, you're in, you know in the back of my head, I'm like, ah, oh, Fournette, it's a good matchup. But boy, he hasn't done anything.
2: Yeah, Leonard Fournette's in a smash spot. <laughs> <this week. laughs>
0: I. You're I know you're right. <laughs> <laughs> and,
2: you know, he is. And and look, at some point, you know, I, don't you just feel like if the Bucks want to win this thing, that Fournette has to start heating up soon? Like we've just seen him simmering and be poor and not ready. And this just seems like if you want to beat Green Bay, you're going to have to run the football. And I think Godwin is going to be out again this week. So I think Tampa Bay is going to have to control that clock. So, I do think that that Fournette finds the end zone. I do. And I I agree about Cameron Braid. I think Cameron Braid is such a Make America braid again. He's (laughs) He's in a good spot. And, you know, he's very—he's a big target in the, in the red zone. I like him. I like Evans. But I think the guy that I'm ready to see back is Devontae Adams. I mean, he is a special player, and the Packers have missed him, and they've done done—they've done so well without him. Could you imagine what they're going to do with him and Tanyan? And I can't wait for Lazard to come back. I mean, the Packers are, are really in, in the Super Bowl conversation if all those guys are healthy and playing well.
1: I, I agree with you, and, uh, and trust me, I, I thought it was a mistake. Uh, bringing in that young coach but they so far that thing has worked out pretty good and the Packers are, are playing good football Packers may be you know in, in in the conversation with the Seahawks is the best team in the NFC right now uh, I asked both of you guys this question I picked up last night in my fab like I guess I had to, I had to sit I gotta sit Hawkinson right because you want to buy not Hawkinson I'm sorry Hunter Henry mm-hmm. so I, I cut AJ Green mm-hmm. and my two options were Eric Ebron or Cameron Brake I picked up Ebron. That was the play for me.
2: Yeah, Ebron. That's the
0: play for me. He he did pop up on the injury report, so make sure you keep tabs on that. But, uh, yeah,
1: he, he's the play for me. Los Angeles Rams, San Francisco 49ers. Rams go on the road as a three-point favorite, Mike. Um, Jared Goff playing good ball this year. QB10 needs to have a better season than um than, um than Lamar Jackson, that three-headed monster at running uh, back. You know just, what I'm saying? So we gotta, that and knowing it's true makes me sick. You got you got all of that going on, and on the San Francisco side, I'm surprised they didn't stick their name in the Le'Veon Bell discussion.
0: Well, I mean, they've got they've got three or four guys, so I don't know that that would be. I mean,
1: Bell uh, better than all of them, though. No,
0: well, well, I mean, Raheem Mostert. I don't know if I had to choose between Raheem Mostert and Le'Veon Bell, I'd probably want Raheem Mostert at this point. Although in that offense, who knows? Because Kyle Shanahan is clearly the running back whisperer, right? So, uh, in this game. You're playing. You're playing golf. To me, is like a QB two. I, I don't trust him. I know he's in the time. I just don't trust the guy. Uh, but it's a good spot. I mean, the Niners' defense is a mess. Boy, I tell you, Miami picked on Brian Allen last week, big time. Right? I mean, that guy was was just. He was the target of that Dolphins' passing game. So, uh, San Francisco, that defense needs to get healthy, and it's not going to get healthy anytime soon. So, you're playing Robert Woods. That's obvious. You're playing Cooper Cup this week. Now, at the running back position. I guess we're back on the Daryl Henderson bandwagon. I I mean, I guess. I mean, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but he wasn't great last week, but he got into the end zone a couple of times from a fantasy perspective. He was pretty good. But it's always like that one week where you're thinking, ah, it's going to be Henderson, and then maybe it's Malcolm Brown, or maybe, you know, Cam Akers didn't play a lot last week, but, you know, he had that big, what, 40-plus-yard run, so he looks pretty good as well. I guess I'd play Henderson and fade the other two, but I'm not really sure – if that's the smart play or not, I'm just going based on the data that we have. And then on the San Francisco side, guys, is there anybody else to play besides Mostert and Kittle? I don't think so.
2: What do you think, that, Yeah, all right. So let me talk about the Rams first. Uh, th- these are two very well-coached teams and very good play callers, okay? So uh, this should be a, a good game to watch in terms of that. Uh, I like Cooper Cup is in a smash spot this week. Smash, okay? So he's definitely a guy you're playing. I disagree about Henderson, and I'm going to just say this. Cam Akers is the best running back of the three. It's not close. The only thing that's going to hold Akers back is time because I think they're going to phase him in over the next few weeks. So starting week 10, week 11, it'll be the Cam Akers show. For the next few weeks, it could be a little Henderson, a little Brown, a little Akers, which is annoying, right? So fantasy-wise, this becomes an annoying nightmare, but Akers will emerge. He's the best running back of the three. Uh, I, like I said, I like Cooper Cup. I think Robert Woods is always in play. The problem with the tight end is it Everett, is it Higby? You don't know. It's tough. I, I think for the yeah. for the 49ers, you know, look, Kittle, Kittle actually does seems to do worse sometimes with Jimmy Garoppolo. He does better with Nick Mullins and C.J. Beathard there. But I mean, you can't ever not sit Kittle. Uh, I like Mostert. I agree with Fabs on that. I, I think that Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, whoever doesn't see Jalen Ramsey, should have the good day. The good day. I mean, Ramsey is a shutdown corner. Uh, That said, I don't know if I like anybody really there. Maybe Kendrick Bourne. I don't know. I think I'm ready to see a a, a second receiver emerge. And then if that second receiver does emerge, will Jimmy Garoppolo find that receiver? Because Jimmy Garoppolo might get killed by Aaron Donald this week. And Jimmy Garoppolo has not looked good. And he goes through weeks where he's good and he's bad. He's like Ryan Fitzpatrick. You get the good Jimmy, the bad Jimmy. So maybe you get the good Jimmy this week after last week's disaster.
1: All right, interesting stuff everybody got in there, broke it down. Week number six coming up. We'll be back with you on Monday. We got two Monday night football games to break down. In the meantime, in between time, make sure you check out the SI Gambling Podcast, get you ready for your weekend in sports betting and SI Fantasy Plus, where you got the community, where we get your questions answered, we get you ready for Sunday morning, and you got all the good stuff that you need to win your league in 2020. For Michael Fabiano and Dr. Roto, Corey Parson, the fantasy executive here. I am, we are out.